and welcome to Your Own Podcast, the podcast for the Ontario Animal Health Network. I'm Dr. Melanie Barham, a network coordinator, and this is our podcast, uh, Quick and Handy Tips for Veterinarians on the Go. So today I'm joined by two very special guests, uh, Dr. Cindy McMahon, project coordinator of a new project which she's going to tell us about uh, from Women in Crisis and Wellington Deaf and Guelph, and Jacinta Cassidy, Rural Women Support uh, Program Manager from Women in Crisis. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, uh, can you tell us about the initiative that you guys are involved with? Sure. We are trying to develop a program to find temporary emergency boarding and care for the animals of women who need to enter our domestic violence shelter. Um, As it stands right now, there's really no... um, there's no central place for these animals to go, and that often serves as a real barrier for women who are looking to leave abusive situations. So we're trying to create a program wherein we can find homes for these animals while women need to transition out of abuse, and then when they're ready to move on with their lives, um, then they can you know, get their pets at the end of this program, and they can all you know, leave abuse together. Okay, great. And Jacinta, can you tell us a bit about the work with, that you do with Women in Crisis? So I am the Rural Women Support Program Manager. Our um, program offers both individual and group support to women that are either living in violence or um, transitioning to leave violence. We also provide support to women that have experienced sexual abuse. Okay, great. Um, so the, one of the reasons I thought it'd be helpful to have you guys on the call to, or on the podcast is because we wanted to know, we wanted to help veterinarians recognize this abuse because oftentimes veterinarians are going on farm or they might be seeing a patient in clinic um, and they may be suspicious of abuse or maybe we feel like we don't know how to recognize it. So how would veterinarians recognize the signs of relationship abuse? Um, I think as far as in regards to abuse of the pets, I think you'd be looking at inconsistency of the story. So if the story doesn't match what the injuries are, or if the story changes based on which family members that you spoke of or spoke to, or if there was a history of pets going missing or dying at a young age, I would suspect abuse. I think when it comes to um, relationship abuse within the family as far as um, the human members, uh, you would be looking at similar type of inconsistencies. There might be last minute cancellations. There might be um, visible signs of abuse um, where there's inconsistent stories. So it is very similar. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a, it can be a hard conversation to start with somebody for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so if we, you were suspicious of that, I, I would just imagine, you know, Cindy and I had this conversation about how would mm-hmm. you even bring that up with somebody or, you know, if you're wrong, that's pretty, that kind of carries a high um, risk of offending someone as well. So, or if they're not ready. So how, how would you guys suggest? Um, I think that you, you would have to walk gently for sure. I think that you would have to invite the person to share with you. So, you know, express your concerns ask some clarifying questions, um, offer support. Mm-hmm. Um, if you believe that uh, the woman was living in an abusive situation, ask her if she has support people that she can talk to. Um, you could give them the number for our crisis line, which I can give you that number. Sure, great. It's um, 519-836-5701. Or um, our 1-800 number is 1-800-265-SAFE. Okay, great. And we'll talk a little bit more about province-wide um, resources in a second. So, so yeah, I guess just kind of being very gentle about it and offering support is the first key. Absolutely. And, and, and listening and believing the story 
and um, not being judgmental. Uh, Just because a woman might be a victim of abuse doesn't mean she doesn't care about the safety of her pets or her children, and she might be doing the best that she can to keep everybody in the house safe. Right. So, and Cindy, what uh, what stage is the project that we were talking about with um, getting women out of, uh, getting pets out of an abusive situation? Where is that at? Well, we're in some pretty early formative stages. We're having a lot of very exciting conversations with community partners like the Guelph Humane Society mm-hmm. and a group called Community Veterinary Outreach, um, who have had some fantastic ideas about how we might want to structure the program. Um, and so we're really sort of trying to lay a solid foundation before we you know, kind of offer this to anybody. Um, But we're definitely at the point where we're interested in building a network of veterinarians who might be willing to donate services or foster homes who might be able to care for animals for like a a, a short to midterm basis, like at eight to 10 weeks. Okay. Um, So anybody who might be willing to foster a dog or a cat or has a spare stall for a horse or could take in a couple of chickens or whatever it is, we're really interested right off the bat, I think, um, with offering this service to um, women in the rural areas who might have farm animals or large animals who otherwise like really might never leave abuse um, because it's too difficult to try and find a place for them. Right. Now, do you guys have any stats on that as far as uh, are people more likely to stay with, it seems reasonable for mm-hmm. anybody who's cared for an animal that people would be willing, people would stay longer than otherwise, but do you guys have any statistics on that? Or? Yeah, um, the statistics are, are pretty um, dismaying actually. The most recent study that was done in Ontario was a study done by the OSPCA in 2000 and they surveyed 111 women who were leaving abuse and of those, 44% had pets that had been abused or killed by their partners. 43% reported that they had delayed leaving because of their pets. So the most recent recent Canadian study was a study done by Donna Crawford and Veronica Bullock-Clark for the Alberta SPCA. So that was done in 2012, and they surveyed um, like 296 women from uh, rural and suburban areas. And they found that about 59% of their respondents had delayed leaving. So that's a really significant number of women who will, who will frankly not leave. Um, they had done some really interesting qualitative interviews too and found that about 50% of the women that they asked specifically said they would never have left without the animals. So we know this is a big barrier that we need to overcome. Right. And as far as the correlation between domestic abuse and animal abuse, mm-hmm. do you guys have any information about that? Like is there... Statistic-wise, no. But... Um... With abuse, it, it's about vulnerability. So you're not just your partner, the women, but the children and the animals are definitely as, at risk. And often their safety will be threatened in order to control the woman herself. Okay, so there is a lot of, so there, it's likely that, that a veterinarian, if there was a form of abuse going on, that they, there may be an animal involved in some way. Absolutely. Yeah. At, at the very least, the, the animal's safety would be threatened. Okay. Um, it's an opportunity, I think, when the woman might come to the veterinary's office on her own without her partner to have those conversations. Right. And if um, we talked about the inconsistency of stories, if the vet feels that that views could be part of the picture, it might be uncomfortable to ask, but it's better safe than sorry. And um, being able to direct her to resources and having the support of vets that... um, engage in these type of programs certainly eliminate barriers for women to leave violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do seem to be really deeply interconnected. The highest statistic that I had seen um, was from a 2000 um, study from Northern Utah 
which showed that about 72% of women who reported that they had been abused in this study um, also reported that their partner had either threatened or hurt or killed their animal. So that's, that's a huge number It's a really well. high number, yeah. And it also seems um, statistically significant that once a woman decides to leave, um, violence tends to be visited upon the pet as a sign of vengeance or um, the pet is used to try and you know, get a woman back. Like, if you don't come home, then I will kill this dog or, or whatever it is. So they're often used just as tools to try and, and get people to stay silent, um, to get them to come home. Um, in all kinds of ways that really manipulate and control women. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's one of 35 high-risk factors, um, okay. abusive pets. So it is very common. Those risk factors were identified for the Death Review Committee. So it is very, very common, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And as veterinarians, we have a we have an obligation to report abuse as we to animals. Um, mm-hmm. So do, is the OSPCA equipped to kind of hook up with with resources for women and women in crisis and that kind of thing? They seem to have some um, some greater range of powers when, if a, if, if a woman had phoned the OSPCA to report animal abuse that, and suggested that there was a domestic violence component to it, then the OSPCA is able to say, like, keep their cases open for mm-hmm. longer in case... Um, something goes to court and needs to be litigated, then they can keep that case open. They're also better able to involve the police if that's what the woman suggests that she wants. So there, there are a number of things that the OSPCA can do sort of over and on top of their typical services if they understand that there's a domestic violence component to it. Okay. Okay, good to know. Um, and if, if you suspect that children are involved, then is there, is there anything else to do? There's an obligation to report to Family right. and Children's Services. Okay. So anytime um, child abuse is disclosed, and um, the law states that's 15 years and younger, okay. um, there's an obligation to report to Family and Children's Services. Okay. And how would you find where your Family and Children's Services would be around you? Just Google it? You could definitely Google, Google it, it. Okay. absolutely. Okay. And some areas, it'll, they'll call it Family and Children's Services. Some areas call children's it Children's Aid Society. Children's Aid yeah. Society. Okay. Either way, you Google it, and with your area, it'll come up. Okay. And do you guys have um, any information about how widespread this issue is in rural populations in particular, or in Ontario in general? Um, I mean, beyond this, the statistics that the OSPCA and the ASPCA study um, showed... I don't think we can ever really know, particularly in rural situations, because what they document are, are women who have left abusive situations. Okay. And oftentimes in rural situations, that simply doesn't happen. Right. Um, either because this might be a family home that somebody has lived in. Generational farm yeah, they're not going to walk farm. away from. And also because... Um, animals tend to be really connected to a business, right? Like you might have a livestock operation or you might have, you know, a breeding farm or something like that. And so if a woman's livelihood is bound up in these animals, then she's also much less likely to leave. Okay. And as far as domestic abuse in general in a rural population and in Ontario, do we know how, do we know how significant it is or... Um, I think if you look at the population, it's probably very similar across the board. I think what increases the risk for women in rural areas is the isolation. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, So uh, if you were a veterinarian who did suspect domestic abuse uh, or we've talked about what would happen in the case of children or or animals, what would, where, what access, what resources could they access? We talked about your women in crisis. Yeah. Line or where could they find stuff if they're outside of Wellington, Dufferin Guelph? 
Um, they could definitely uh, just Google women's services in their area, or they could go on the OAITH website, which is our um, Ontario Association for Transitional Housing. Okay, and so you said O what? OAITH, so okay. it's O-A-I-T-H. Okay, O-A-I-T-H, okay. Yeah. Um, all right, so we will post those as we post our podcast, too, so that they're online, and we can post as well some links to... Um, where to find child, child services and stuff. We'll do the Googling for you guys. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Yay. All right, very good. Is there anything else you guys would like to share with veterinarians in Ontario about what they should know or do? I just wanted to add, I had come across a really interesting program in Scotland um, that the government is developing, and um, it's called the Ask, Validate, Document, Refer program. And it's basically... Um, sort of a, a, a procedure for vets who might suspect domestic violence to sort of go through. Mm. Um, and I thought that it was really nice and succinct way to think about maybe how you approach these things, like to ask if somebody's experiencing violence, to make sure that you validate her experience and let her know that the abuse is not her fault, to document everything, like every injury, every insufficient explanation, time, date, all of those things can end up becoming really helpful. Um, and then to refer and, and provide the appropriate resources. And just that ask, validate, document, refer, I thought was a fantastic way oh, to think about it. It's a really it. nice stepwise, yeah. stepwise way to do it. Yeah. And we vets love like stepwise things, so that's really great. <laughs> that's really good. Um, and the final question I had is, what about men or men in crisis? What, what can they do? I know your name is women in crisis, but what could we, you know, I'm sure there's men that suffer from a used to um, men are welcome to call our crisis line okay they're welcome to call um, and we will help connect them the right support or give them the resources they need we often have professionals parents family members call um, so we always support and help men okay. through this process as well okay very good all right thank you guys very much thank you for having us